Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. The building. And an interception, and you're not down by 10 anymore. Andre Howe, his second interception of the To get you the information that you need is when you start your own business and do your own thing. And I felt like it gave me a good perspective. I was not the first person to go through what I went through. Well, talk about the Florida Classic and what that game meant to you. Florida Classic. So, like I said, I you know I know family. You know what I'm saying? It's hometown. You know what I'm saying? Home area. So everybody that I know is going to be at the Classic. My classmates, people that graduated before me, older people, everybody from the city, Quincy, Tallahassee, they're going to be at that game, right? And everybody just always asking me when I come on, Phil, why you at the cup? Why you at the cup? Every break, Phil, why you at cup? Like, you know. Why you had to cook it? And uh, actually, Miss Bethune's grandson actually stayed in Quincy. So when I signed, he used to always come, you know, check up on me, God bless his soul. But he used to always come talk to me and stuff like that and ask me about the school, how it's going and stuff like that when I come home from breaks. But, you know, everybody, why you want to cook? Why you want to cook? So classic roll around. Like, fast forward after knapsack leave, right? First classic. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, it's time. You know what I'm saying? It's, everybody talk about the classic. You know what I'm saying? I've seen the classic because I, you know, I was on the sidelines, but I didn't play in it. You know, just come out there. They're like, oh, yeah, you come out there, you warming up. And mind you, we go to HBCU, so we don't have like 30 to 90,000 people in the stands every game, right? We only have a handful. But the classic is like, oh, yeah, you have 60, 70,000 people in the stands. You're going to warm up, and then there's going to be like a few people in there, but then you're going to go back in the tunnel. And then when you come out that way, Black people everywhere, screaming, hollering, bands playing, like that, right? So, you know, first time I played, first time I started in the classic, crazy. Chills went down the spine. My daddy, he went to FAMU. Everybody that went to FAMU from Tallahassee. And I end up, end up actually showing out that game, right? I come back, they write an article about me in Tallahassee Democrat. It's like how Tallahassee let their, like, product get away from FAMU <laughs> in Florida State. They're like, he didn't even go to Alabama or Auburn. He went past FAMU because he wanted to go to HBCU. It's one in Tallahassee. He even bypassed that to go down to Daytona. How did that happen? So now they're like, oh, no, we got to retain our talent. We can't. No, nah, we can't just let that happen. Right? So it was always good. Came back. Everybody like, man, bro, you did your thing. We're like, appreciate it. So that's like, you know, okay, y'all don't get to see me play much. But when y'all see me play, we'll be at the Classic. So Perfect time to turn it up. Yeah. <clears throat> So at what point did you realize you had a possibility of playing possibly at the next level? So believe it or not, I never, like, growing up, I never, like, professional sports never crossed my mind. I, getting a football scholarship didn't even cross my mind, right? Like, I never was the one that's like, I got to make it to the league. I got to do this. I got to do that. My biggest thing was academics. My brain, like, I was taught, they can't take your brain. Because I know scientifically your brain, your body, can't sustain that. Like, I've watched football for a long time, basketball, baseball for a long time. Your body started away. Even if you're playing basketball, that hardware, that hardwood, the knees, them joints, it wears down. Your spine starts deteriorating, all that. Like, you putting, like, torque and all this, like, weight and, like, momentum on your, like, people don't understand, like, the science behind an athlete's body, like, how much force we actually stopping on the dime, cut here, go there. Like, this is years and years of wear and tear like a car. Eventually, it's going to put you down. So I always had that mindset, like, 
academically, I gotta, I gotta finish up my computer engineering degree here. So I, you know, I gotta go work for NASA and all this other stuff. Cause that was my thing. I want to work for NASA. So football comes around my junior year after that, right? I go, scouts start coming to practice. Like, you know, it used to be like two scouts at practice. And there was this one scout from uh the New York Giants. He was always at practice, tall white guy, right? He always at practice. And I'm like, bro, like, why are these scouts coming to practice? Like, you know, and it's going to like it's senior year now, and like all these people here, like, I mean, we ain't got much going on. I mean, core them gone, and then oh now they're here to talk to you. So I'm in classes, right? You know, I'm doing engineering tests, so I'm doing labs, and then Baltimore coach, hey, coach White called me, hey. Can you leave class? Scout from Baltimore, Scout from here, want to get you on the board and talk to you. So, you know, I'm like, they come and see me? That's crazy because now it comes full circle when all, because my mom always told me, like, when I signed the company, she like hearing everybody, like, why he went there? Why he didn't go to Auburn, Alabama? Right? She like, listen, scouts get paid to scout. That's their damn job. If they, find, if they get paid to be a scout, they can find them up in Africa if they had to. They get Australian kickers all the time. They will find you. If you're good, they'll find you. So it came back full circle. Just all these scouts just coming to practice, talking to me, going over the board, going over different coverages, different things. So I'm going all the way down to like the defense alignment, linebacker alignment, all that stuff, right? They're like, oh yeah, this dude's smart. Like, well, what's your degree is? Like, it's computer engineer. I'm actually supposed to be taking the test, but you know, I took that time. So that's when it tricked me. Like, they can't, they came to see me. Like, they come in to see. Me practice and play, I guess. So they're like, oh, yeah, you real tough. You fast. You know what I'm saying? We can do stuff with you. Like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I can play a lot of special teams. You know what I'm saying? If I get a chance, I can actually play with y'all. But, you know, I can do everything. You know, whatever you want me to do, I can play offensive linemen. Wherever you want, I can do it, right? So so I think the, the scouts was more intrigued about how smart I was. Because since I was playing football, I was a student of the game. I'm a student of everything I do. I want to know small stuff even stuff that ain't got nothing to do with me like i know the defensive attack i know the linebacker i know the receivers i know the offensive line i know why these i know why these assignments are the way they are i know why the coverages are the way the way they are right so the scouts were intrigued in that and it was like yeah man we probably can get you you know what i'm saying to play some cornerback in some kickoff return punt return kickoff I'm like listen i gotta be knocked out if you want me to like because i played cornerback in high school and I was better at it, but I wanted to play offense. So that's when it clicked. And unfortunately, my senior year, and I tell people this all the time, like when I got hurt my uh, senior year, it was Norfolk, it was ESPN game. Uh, it was like the first play, it was the first offensive play. It was an out route, a little quick out. Supposed to hit me as soon as I come out the break, right? Before I even come out the break, the ball should be there, right? It's cover two. I see the covers. I see the cornerback sitting. In the flats. Matt Johnson is the quarterback at the time. Sitting in the flats, right? I see him. And, you know, I'm trying to throttle down because if he's, he's you know, he's sprinting out. You know, he's looking downfield and then he looks at me. I, I know he ain't been throwing this ball. This cornerback is <laughs> <laughs> right? I catch it. Left knee gets, my, my cleat gets stuck in the grass at Norfolk. And the dude, he didn't even hit me hard. He just hit me. He just took my shoulder pad and just lifted me up. And my, my spike. My cleat got stuck in the grass. My toe got stuck in the grass. And he like put it over, over the outside of it. And I just felt like a little, I'm like, oh man, and my whole leg, like it was like a pain. Leg went numb a little bit. And I'm like, oh, 
I, first thing I thought about was six. I thought about Corey Council in the class. Yes. All his, like every ligament in his knee. I was like, oh, Lord. I ain't gonna even get a chance to even tell my kid that I had a chance to do the uh the uh the pro day because I'm like oh yeah, you know at least I can do the pro day like even if I don't want to go to go pro I still want to have a chance to even do it just to see if I can do it right so after that get hurt torn meniscus I try to come back later in the season like game like eighth game and had a big knee brace on every time they like a little uh, lateral movement from left to right I feel like my knee just felt like it was like give it. Come to find out after the season, meniscus. December, I have my surgery, go home for Christmas break. Six week recovery, I recovered in like three, four weeks or whatever. Did all my little rehab and stuff like that. And everybody at Cookman, like, you know, I'm going to class, they're like, hey, Phil, you gonna do pro day? You gonna do pro day? You gonna try to go to the league and stuff like that? And they're like, I hate it happening to you like that, bro. I want to see you blah, 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 right? And I'm like, well, I graduated this year and, you know, I got some lined up for NASA and you know, I got some internships and lot that. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go make some money. Because in my head, you know, my feelings wouldn't hurt because my feelings was never really in it. So, like two weeks out from pro day, I start running and stuff. I'm like, you know what? My knee is, you know, my knee good. Let me go out here and run. So I start running, doing my little track workouts, you know, start working out with Coach GI track coach. He like, listen, you know, if you fast, your hamstrings didn't deteriorate that fast. You just need to get back into running shape, running form. That other muscle memory gonna come. So I started doing like little hundred meter strides on the football field at night and stuff like that. And pro day rolls around, and I end up signing with uh, I end up signing with knapsack uh, agent uh, Chris, uh, his first agent. I don't know if he had him after that, but Chris, I end up signing with Chris. Um, and he was like, "You gonna do pro day?" I'm like, "Yeah, I think." Um, I think I'm, I think I I think I do pro day. I'm a knee, my knee feel pretty good. I might well give it a shot, right? And funny thing about it, Nick Collins' uh, agent was trying to sign me. So Nick Collins had called me before I signed with Chris. He's like, "Hey man, you know what I'm saying? You know, talking, you know, trying to you know tell me what he his agent can do for me and all this other stuff." And I I end up going with Knapsack agent because it was Knapsack. I'm like, I'm more of a Knapsack type person because you know. <laughs> It went second round, you know what I'm saying? So I ain't going second round. You know, I don't got hurt, knee injury, HBCU, ain't happening, right? So pro day comes around. I didn't do the bitch. I didn't, let me see. I didn't do the vert. All I did was all field drills, lateral, all the all that. I did everything, 40s, all that. Then I did, they made me run like 50 routes. Like, it was crazy. It felt like I was like on the track field again, like run 20 go routes. We just want to see you open up. Mike Williams out there slanging it. You know, Mike, Mike, Mike yeah. he's slanging it. I'm like, hey, Mike, man, you know, calm down. Like, <laughs> uh, that's five in a row. He'll make me run five goals in the row, in the row on the right side. Now I go to the left side. So, you know, they evaluating the knee, right? Pro day, I feel good. Agent called me like, yeah, I mean, you did good. You did great, blah, blah, blah. You know, so I don't kill it. I'm like, all right, whatever. I did what I had to do. I felt good. My knee good. I can live the rest of my life with a good knee. <laughs> so at this time they had three they had the three days of uh uh the draft right <laughs> going to my senior like my senior exit exams my the second day of the draft i actually got a phone call but i was in one of my engineering uh exit exams and we had to turn our phones in we couldn't have my turn the phone off you know what i'm saying i got a voicemail from you know what i'm saying the, uh what do you call it they call it the uh the war room right 
So I called the number back. I didn't know who it was. I called it back, and it was the Jets called me, and I got in contact with the reception, and they were like, oh, yeah, such and such, such and such, trying to get in contact with you, just trying to get information about you, right? Well, okay, bet. Well, all right, let me say this number. So I saved it with the NFL, but, you know, the little rain tone. Like, okay, all right, people calling me, I guess. All right, I got more engineering tests to do. Saturday, the last day of the draft, I remember, Saturday. And I had to do a makeup exam because I had to go talk to a scout, and I missed one of those exams. So I had to go make up an exam on a Saturday morning with, like, five other students. Come out of that. I had another missed call. Well, I had two missed calls. Like, okay, you got Tampa Bay, you got Jacksonville. And you got Baltimore. Well, it was three. So all these teams are calling. Like, oh man, I'm, I might, you know, I might can play some balls on there. I don't know, but I don't really care. You know, I ain't making my hopes up and then like that. So I go back to the room, go grab some uh Thune grill. I'm with my boys, Big Low, Solo. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Gucci was there. We in the room. You know, they playing 2K on the Xbox. I'm over there. I ate one hot, um, one wing from Thune grill. And the phone, like I say, the Jets number right with a ringtone. It called me back. Ecstatic. Just went crazy. You know what I'm saying? Cause I already told Solo them about it. They're like, oh, man, you know, they, they don't pause the game. They watching me to get on the phone. You know what I'm saying? It's Schottenheimer, you know what I'm saying, offense coordinator at the time. You know what I'm saying? Rex them on the phone like, hey, you want to play some football? I'm like, yeah. He's like, anybody called you yet? I'm like, yeah, a few teams called me or whatever. And he's like, but do you want to come play with us? They're like Rex, like he like real anime. You want to play with us? Let's go. Like, you want me to go today, tomorrow? Like, what are we doing? Like, I'm ready right now. Like, I ain't even eat but Bethune Grill. I just threw that away. Too happy, right? <laughs> Talk to grandma. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they set up the little flights to the, you know, the rookie training camp the next week. And like, well, you know, you got to graduate May 7th. Uh, so we're going to have to operate around. They're going to fly you out. And they're going to fly you back in and fly you back out so you come back and stuff. So, you know, call my grandma, talking to her. And my grandma, like, my best friend, you know. She praying. She don't make me cry and stuff. Cause you know I ain't thinking about the league. I ain't thinking about that. So full circle, full circle. I told you I've always felt like I was from New York, right? <laughs> yeah. I ended up getting, getting undrafted free agent from the New York Jets. So I'm like, cause I told God like in elementary school, like you know, all I want is simple. I want my own family. That's my only goal. I, I want a simple life. You know, I want to have you know means of life i want to you know i don't care about being rich i just want to be well off i just want to be calm i want to be able to raise my kids have fun with my kids like my dad did with me right and god like you know what you do that you keep my commandments i can bless you with more than that so get all these scholarships you know what I'm saying all the stuff that i did in quincy i could have been like everybody else on the street like oh yeah philip was such and such such and such but i dodged all those bullets right all the stuff that i've been through where I'm from, the things I've seen, and then just like they call it woke, you know, getting into the culture. I was already there. I was already pro black, pro black, right? So I was always going to do it for the community, and I was going to like carry my community wherever I went unapologetically, right? And God was giving me all these things that I like thought about, but He was like, you know what? I'm gonna bless you with more stuff that you ain't asked. Yeah, I ain't asked to go to have an opportunity for that. A lot of my opportunities I got like. I didn't even ask for like a lot of people like you know you blessed because you didn't study in college like my like solomon bigelow never always joke with me like bro i've never seen you pick up a book to study for these engineering tests but you still passing all right well i seen the, the professor writing on the, and i just regurgitate what he said i just verbatim just i go see it once and i do one problem i'm good i just practice that one time 
So God was giving me all these like little blessings, like I'm gonna give you all this stuff, you know what I'm saying? Cause you kept the commandments and that's why I was, you know, undrafted free agent, you know, and that was that. So yeah, so you go undrafted, you sound the New York Jets. What was it like? What was it like walking to the NFL locker room for the first time? Man, rookie training camp, walking there, you know what I'm saying, walking to the facilities. You know, so I'm thinking like we in New York, you know what I'm saying? We fly in, they fly us in, I meet the rest of the rookies, you know, saying from everywhere. You got some people, Texas, all these people, right? We go in there, you get all the measurement, you know, all this stuff. And like, oh, we got your helmet style, you got your gloves. So I'm like, wait, how you got that? I'm like, oh, you trying to uh have uh white send all your measurements and stuff up. I'm like, so you like they got all that, they call cooking, cooking answer. That's crazy. Home, <laughs> like that's great. Like I didn't even know that I was here. Like nobody said that Philip was here. Like outside <laughs> of my homeboys, like they put it on Facebook and Twitter at the time. But Cooper never said, "Oh, you know, Philip was got." You know, no, nothing was told about this thing, right? So I'm like, "Oh man, they know about that." All right, that's a bet. So I'm walking in there, you know, walking through the training facility. The first person I met was Mark Sanchez. He was in there. Uh, he was getting some kind of protein shake at the time. He was in there climbing around, right? He's drinking protein shakes. He's just in the facility. That was the first person I met. I ended up taking a picture with him uh, before we went out to uh, do our little uh, rookie training camp stuff. So just walking in this, like, huge facility. And we in Jersey. I'm like, bro, I thought this, I thought we was in New York. They're like, nah, the facility actually in Newark, New Jersey, across the bridge, right? I'm like, okay, that's a bet. So, you know, go out there. You got the practice fields. You got, like, what, like four practice fields, two turf, one endo. I'm like, man, like, what are we practicing at? Like, which one of these fields we practice at? Like, you know, offense on this one, defense on that one, special team. Like, how we do this? Like, I'm asking all the questions. I'm trying to go see all the coaches. So, you know, I'm walking through the facility and stuff like that. Awesome experience, bro. Like, something I can tell my kids, like, I've experienced that, too. Like, I, mean, you, I mean, you're talking about the, the Jets at that time with Danian Thomason, oh. Mark Sanchez, Dylan mm -hmm. Edwards, Antonio Holmes. I mean, you're talking about some yeah, of the – You about Revis Island. Revis. Revis. Yeah, about the man that just changed the game, like – Put all the receivers on his island and made a whole commercial about it. I can't forget that. <laughs> forget about that. <laughs> so yeah, having man. the opportunity just to kind of see that, man, I can just imagine just the experience for you to be able to be in that space and to see all that stuff coming from where you, you know, obviously were where you came from, being up with them cooking. Grown man playing football. It was a it was amazing to me. I'm like, bruh, these grown men out here playing sandlot football that I grew up doing with pads professionally, and they get paid for it. And, you know, you see them, you know, their wife either come pick them up or they drive up in their car by themselves and go home, do it again. Or the kids come, take them, pick them up, like, oh, we got the kids. And, you know, just seeing these grown people just like, like, these are, like, these are humans, bro. Like, they're, they're at work. This is like, this is work. It's not, it's beyond fun now. It's like, it's a job. These people trying to eat, they trying to put food on the table. And me, it was just like, I'm a country guy. I just want the experience. I don't care about nothing else. Like, I'm just out here to compete, have fun. And, you know, they're like, bro, slump, like, calm down. Like, calm down. Slow it down. Bro. Like, pace yourself. Pace yourself. You don't want to get, like, fired. The, like, first time out, you're like, you can't do that. You can't hit this person. You can't do that. You can't be that physical. Like, because I was doing cornerback, receiver, punt return. I was doing all the things. Like, I'm like, I do everything. So, it was a good experience for me. Like, I didn't expect the thing was, I didn't expect nothing. 
So that would made it all the more merrier for me because I didn't expect nothing. So. so talk about how, you know, your NFL career, ultimately how that all came to an end and just, uh, you know, was that, a, was that devastating for you at all? Nah, it was the same knee. You know what I'm saying? Same knee, same knee. Uh, wasn't devastating because, like I said, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't expect to go to the league. You know what I'm saying? I didn't expect to even get the, you know what I'm saying, the opportunity to even walk into a facility outside of going to a football game and just watch football from the – like, you know, understand like normal people. And I got a chance to meet, you know, Revis and all these boys, you know what I'm saying, at practice and watching them do, like, like basically hone their craft, kind of like how I hone my craft as an engineer. It's like they're in it, like watching them, like, the intricate details that they're going through, the film study, all the time that they're putting into it. Like, it was an awesome experience. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't devastating the least on my part because I knew mentally what I was geared for. Like, I was geared for engineering. That's what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to, like, create software. I wanted to do that kind of stuff. I wanted to, like, reach out to different kids. Like, it was like, hey, I know, you know what I'm saying? I know you athletic, but have you ever thought about using your brain? You know what I'm saying? You can do both. Like, what if you unlock your brain first? Because that pro stuff and that college stuff come after you unlock your brain. If you unlock your brain, you're already there. But now you're in college, you got more resources. Now your physical body going to take you where you go. You know what I mean? You're competing against all the red. Like, my big thing is, like, you're going to compete against hundreds of thousands of black kids in America, plus the white kids. You're competing against all of them, not just your local people. You're competing against all the big people. And to get to the league is like 2%. You get there is a blessing in itself. Staying there is a privilege and a blessing. So one thing they can't take away is what you got in your brain and where you want to go. Like your physical body, even when you get there, it can be taken away like that at any given time. It can be like, like I said, so it's a business. Like it's not you going like outside to play with your friends no more. It's, yeah, this is, you ain't no good to me with a bad knee. I can't, you know, you ain't no good to me with a bad neck. Or bad foot, you know what I'm saying? We can cut you, you're disposable. You're not a first round draft, first through three, you're gone. So, just that alone was like enough for me. And devastation, nah, more of a blessing, more of a opportunity, more of a privilege for me. So, man, that, that's what's up, bro. I was gonna talk to you now a little bit younger, man, because uh. <laughs> I, I, I went to the NFL like that's all I had my in my mind. I went to NFL, I went to NFL. Like I didn't think about school. I went to I went to a good school, but I ain't really care about school like that. I I remember like, getting in the NFL like that. That's my biggest my big dream getting in the NFL. But right. what's what's more like you ticket like I'm going to the NFL, but I'm, I'm gonna do my schoolwork too. Like I'm I'm gonna learn about like real life, real, real life stuff. Cause now I'm like, man, what, what, what I'm gonna do? Like I, I retire. Exactly. Like, what I'm gonna do now? Like, I, don't, I don't know what, what to do next. Like I never really thought about when I was a kid. Like when I was in college, like, I was I think about NFL the whole time. Like. And I never really put myself like to do anything more because I was like too focused on the NFL. So like now I'm behind, now I'm trying to figure out what, what's next for me. Right. Yeah. And that's what I that's what I try to do with the little kids now. Like when I go back, um, a couple of my classmates, um, like Betty, all of my like classmates from back at home, Tallahassee Quincy, they invite me to their schools or principals, old uh, teachers invite me to the school to talk to the elementary kids, middle school yeah. kids, high school kids, even my friends now. Like, hey, I know some high school kids. You know, that need tutoring or, or I got some high school kids that like they're smart but they don't know what they want to do but they're great yeah. with like basketball and football right like even here in Georgia like when I go work out like I go out there with the kids from the Keechan High School, South Cobb and all these places 
and they out there working. They out there working hard. I'm like, you know, I go out there and work out with them and stuff. And I, you know, I give them a little tidbit information about football. But I also, I, the first thing I ask them, like, well, how how you doing in school? Yeah. And like, where are you trying to go? Like, for instance, my my homeboy um, and one of the people I looked up to, Dakota Fad. Like, he couldn't go straight to Florida State because his grades were there. So he had to go to a JUCO to get his grades up, then go back to Florida State, right? So that kind of stuff is like devastating for a kid. You go to like you go from a black place and you go to a PWI in which now you're in a community that you don't even know about. Like you gotta know, like you don't even know how to move around these people that you've never been around like that. But you're playing this sport. But when you get to this sport, now you gotta juggle playing football, you gotta juggle uh school. And now NCAA say, hey, you know, you got to have a 2.0 or 2.5 to stay on the field. And to be eligible, you got to have eight hours at least or, or 12 hours for a full-time student. You got to pass at least eight of them or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's rules and regulations around this. And that's like a kind of like a disadvantage of a kid that's just like, I just want to play ball, right? So it's like a yin and yang type thing. And if they discover what they want to do early on after the career is over, because it's going to be over, it's going to end. You need to be mentally equipped with some people have like that downfall of like I used to be all the way up here and then they don't know how to cope with being a normal person. Yeah. Right? So now you're not a not making the money and two, nobody cares about you no more, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you was super famous, but even then that popularity is gonna start going by the wayside unless you continue to do something like Brandon Marshall or something like that to keep yourself relevant or you on ESPN first taking all these different platforms. Yeah, you got right now on this podcast, like to keep yourself out there. You know what I'm saying? So, just having that idea of who you are as a person, like you're more than like, like I say, you're more than an athlete. Like LeBron them say, you're more than just an athlete. Like, and that's one of them things when he came out with that, like that's what I've been telling kids all this time. Like, you're more than just what they see on TV. They only see us as a product. They don't see us as the mind drivers, the the innovative people that create these different apps and these different uh, cars or different, like, anything, these, these like, mind-blowing businesses and stuff like that, like, they don't see us as that. They don't, they see us as entertainers in all realms, whether it's sports or music. Like, that's what, you know, like, that's what they see us as. So, you just got to break the mold, change the ideas of everything, right? Exactly, exactly. So, uh, talk about the transition to corporate America and what that journal has been like for you. Corporate America, man. Uh, so my first job, I was actually a contractor for Sony Music. Shout out to Sony Music um, up in Atlanta, right? And I'm pro black. I'm like I'm unapologetically pro black. Like I'm always gonna uplift my people before anything. You know, I have no, nothing against everybody else, but you know, we are treated a certain way. So coming to Atlanta as my uh, my first job as a contra- uh, contractor for Sony Music as a software engineer. You know, you work with a different, like different, like, like cultural people, right? Put it that way. I'm thinking like, okay, at Cookman, as an engineer, I'm not competing with my people at Cookman to get like the highest, you know, graduation GPA and all this other stuff. I'm competing against the Dukes, the Ivy Leagues, the Asians, the Indians, because I'm in the engineering field. <laughs> America isn't built from America as engineers, we're built from India, China, and all these other places, right? That's where like you get the Silicon Valleys and all this other stuff and, you know, out uh, west with the Googles and all this other stuff. So 
having that mindset, you coming in and you work with a bunch of Indians from different, like, like Tamil and MD and all these different places, you know, the, the dialects, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're trying to, like, understand what they're saying type stuff. And, like, they're super smart. And what they're doing, where they're from, is, like, what we do for, like, in our communities for sports. Like, mm-hmm. they're groomed to be upper echelon scientists type. They're groomed to be doctors, engineers, like, higher level type stuff. And they're learning multiple languages as they're going through school. So when they go to college, they're learning English in their college. So when they come to America, they know Hindi, uh, Hindu or uh, Hindi uh, or Hindu. They uh, they know uh, or Hindi. They know their state language, which is a whole different language from the national language. Mm-hmm. And they learn English coming into their uh, their uh, four year of schooling, right? So they're coming out with a huge disadvantage, right? So I transfer, well, I trans- uh, transition over to as a software engineer and I'm bombarded with a different culture. And I'm thinking it's predominantly white. And no, it's like white people are like the minority, just like the black people. Black people just happen to be the smallest minority in this field, right? So transition to that and like, okay, made some good friends, great contacts uh, with that. But then after I did that, went Blue Cross Blue Shield, I worked on a few projects, worked on the Watson AI up in Connecticut. Um, you probably seen a couple of commercials about the Watson mm-hmm. uh, IBM machine, artificial intelligence that everybody's trying to use. I worked on some of that code. Then after I did like a year and a half after football, oh right, yeah, I'm ready to uh, get you know put my foot down because my thing was that I told God like I want to have my own family, like I want to have my own kids. I want to teach them all this stuff. I got a vast amount of stuff. I'm putting it to all these other kids. I need to put it into my own. So that's when I like you know I left contracting and. Literally, I was leaving Connecticut. Called my contracting firm. Hey, send another contract up here to come, uh, replace me on the Watson project. I'm going home to Quincy because I ain't been there in a while. I'm going to go hang out with people. I'm thinking I'm going to be with them about four months, something like that. Literally, from Connecticut to New York is about a little bit over an hour drive, maybe less. I'm going through New York City. I'm driving back to Florida, right? Because I got to move all my stuff. I'm driving all my stuff out to Florida. It's like a 19, 20 hour ride. I'm going straight there. I'm going through New York. New York, right? The place that I always said I was supposed to be from, right? <laughs> I'm literally going across the bridge, paying my little toll, right? Going to Florida. I get a call from a recruiter from Home Depot, right? Mind you, I haven't put, I haven't updated my resume since before I took this contract again. So I haven't even put my contracting stuff on my resume yet, right? So I'm literally driving. Get a call from Leah. That's her name. She called me. She don't work at Home Depot no more, but she left. But she called me. Hey, Philip, seen your resume on LinkedIn. We think your skill set, you got a degree background. We think think you're a good fit for these two positions that's open at Home Depot as a software engineer. I'm like, all right, well, I just left this contracting job. Uh, I got about 15 hours before I get to Quincy. You know what I'm saying? So let me update my resume when I get home. I get it to you on Friday, which was the next day. She's like, okay, fine. I go home, update my resume, send it to him. I go to one of my um one of my best friends' class. Cause class, they all of them, they just want me to come to class. They want me to come there, talk to them. And they just want me to be there, tutoring them in math, science, and all this other stuff. Right? And 
Mind you, I don't put my resume in. As soon as I put my resume in, they got my, uh, all that stuff. They called me in like two weeks. Like, oh, well, they want to set up interviews with you. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So you got finance IT and the dot com team. All right, that's that's fine. Let's do it. You know, do it. Blow it out of war. They love me. A couple of days later, Leo called. Me. I don't know what you told him, but both, you know, they got offer letters for both the teams. You just got to pick which team you want to work on, right? After I came to Atlanta, I done did my face to face. It's like a panel interview, like five of them. Like they just pop, 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 pop. All these like smart people questions. Go up here and, you know, do these architecture diagrams for this. I'm like, that. You know, I'm like, I'm at them playing football. I'm drawing my little box, my little, <laughs> little lines. You know what I'm saying? You call this, this was just like, I'm out here, you know, doing my thing, right? They offer me, you know, I'm home for at least a month, like probably a month, not even a month. Next thing you know, Home Depot like, hey, when you want to start? I'm like, well, what's the earliest I can start? And like, well, the earliest is December 28th. Bam. Seven years later, I'm at Home Depot. Man, that's such an amazing story. And just, to, just again, not surprised by what you do because, you know, that's how you carry yourself. But just the, you know, the opportunity to kind of be in a space that is not really dominated by our people, especially coming from our universities. Just talk about uh, how you was able to influence change once you got to Home Depot and then, you know, end up being like a lead and then, you know, being able to recruit HBCUs. Talk about that. Yeah, man. So when I first got to Home Depot, uh, it was it was different because when I first went to Home Depot, I was like, Home Depot, IT, that makes no sense. Right. And then I thought, I'm like, of course, they got websites. They got they got integration. You go to the store, they got their POS systems and all this other stuff. They got to have an IT company. They got to have an IT piece to all this stuff. So I go there and I'm seeing I'm like, man, it's four business, huge corporate like Home Depot, one of the Fortune 500 top 30 in the nation. I don't know none of this until I get there. Right. Billion dollar company. I don't even know. But Home Depot, great company to work for. Work life balance. Amazing. Right. Get there. Manager, I hit him up. I'm like, hey, um, my school does this science symposium area for homecoming. And, you know, this would be a great opportunity for me to go down there and was like, you know, shoot the stuff about Home Depot, about what we're doing in IT over here at Home Depot, recruit, right? He's like, oh, yeah, you know, make sure you go down there and you recruit some people for us. So here's the website for the internships and all this other stuff. So I go down, I go to Cookman, and that's why I'm, that's where most of my mentors, my mentees come from. So I go down there and I speak to them at the symposium. I'm telling them about like, hey, all this stuff that Mr. B teaching you about programming, you need that. That's the foundation because outside of that, you don't have any core, right? So I get them my personal number, my work phone number, my email. I'm telling like, as soon as I give them that, I'm at work. They call me, hey, Mr. Kirkland, I need help with this program. I don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm like doing my work, helping them out with homework, doing little conference calls with them. And then that's how I get on the uh, advisory board uh, with uh, Dr. Thompson, uh, which is Lynn Thompson's brother. Mm-hmm. So end up calling me, like, hey, man, we need you on the board. You know what I'm saying? You've been out here. You know, you're doing some good stuff. We'd like to have you here so we can, like, get more influence with people that's out in the field that know what corporate America is looking for. So I income me. And I meet with the professors. Every time I go to Cookman, my first thing, I call the professors. You know, I go to the individual class. I sit in. They have me, like, lecture. Like, it's funny because they have me lecture the classes. Like, just take over the class. Wow. Just, just present and do this, right? And they're, like, looking at me. Like, this, this, he didn't go to Cookman. This, 
No, oh yeah, he played sports too. He ran track and he played football. No, he really blow oh, He's actually the captain of the football team. Isn't that team? <laughs> ah, nah, this man talk like a nerd, right? So <laughs> we got to, you know, I'm I'm recruiting him, and you know, last year uh, we finally, because I always used to ping my managers and the director, like, hey, how can I get my bridge the gap program? And they're like, yeah, you got to go through this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. So last year, the big thing about HBCU started going crazy. Like black, you know, pro-black stuff, all the companies getting behind black efforts and stuff like that. Home Depot, not too far behind because now we don't have a whole town hall meeting with the CEO of the company. And he having the whole thing about what's happening with black America. And he's like being frank. He's been up front. And it's like thousands of people that's employed at corporate. And we logged on watching him talk about this thing. Ain't like, hey, how can we, how can we do better in the black community? I'm like, Shit. ball game. Ball game. <laughs> get some people from uh that went to Tennessee State, fam, you, you know, because we've been talking about this for a long time. And they finally give us the reins and say, hey, y'all go do that because we don't know how to do that. And y'all got the contacts at y'all schools because these like Home Depot has like a whole IT Orange Works, that's what they call it at Georgia Tech. And we recruit directly from Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech is straight IT, I, North people, straight Asians, Indians. That's it. You don't go there unless you're playing football and you're going there for science stuff, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I want that at Cookman. Like, that's what I want. I want that at the HBCUs, right? And Home Depot is like, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to recruit from HBCUs. We're going to actually go down to your schools. And we're going to do tech talks, demos. And each one of y'all that head y'all school will give y'all resources. So I got like a senior director, senior manager, managers, and senior um, software engineers that's directed under me when I go to Cookman to do tech talks or virtual demos to say, hey, look at this new technology that we're doing. We wrote this blockchain app that does this, that, and the third, just exposing them to this kind of stuff, right? And get with like the professors. And I like huddling them up like, hey, this is what they're looking for in the industry coming out of school. Like, so I go back to Cookman and now they implemented like small teams and how like, you know, building servers and pushing code to the cloud and all this other stuff. Like, this is what we need. This is what they need to know. Right. So I'm giving them like the ends out. Like I'm showing them the code while I'm working at work. Like, you know, this is what I'm doing. Right. So that's how, like, that's how I end up being an influence to, not only like just Cookman, I also do it with other HBCUs, high school, middle schools. I challenge the kids all the time, like, you know, what, what, what's one thing that kids always got on them that you can't take from them? They ain't got no money. <laughs> they got a cell phone in their pocket. They got a cell phone from almost four years old and they ain't a tablet all day. Guess what? I can teach you how to code them apps that you over there playing with right now. You can be that same kid that made these millions of dollars for that one it's a little game that they made. Some little simple game, you make a couple million dollars. But guess what? You got your foot in there. You got a resume. Yeah. So ultimately, like, I want, like, to have, like, communities of, like, like, even down where you're from, like, after school programs where they can teach kids from elementary school to build apps. Like, they have places like that in California now that's spinning up since the black stuff has been coming up. Like, you know, trying to get the black community where they need to be, right? So everybody's getting behind it. You know what I'm saying? Home Depot finally got behind it. and. I appreciate them for it, and that's where we at with it. And there's a lot of stuff going on with STEM, man. There's a lot of stuff going on with technology. They, they, they're putting a lot of money into just mm -hmm. building it up, and that's one thing definitely for, like, my son. I want to make sure that he is 
Because I mean, he 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 just turned four, but he's already working a cell phone. Man, you can't he, you get him phone. He don't he navigate everything on his own. Get him, one of small, get him one of the little small programming computer. They make the little small little computer for the kids now. It's like five to six or something like that. I'm like man, I wish they had that for me. I had a typewriter. God <laughs> look, you know what I'm saying? I ain't have nothing. Ask G's like I ain't have Google and all that. So. No, I definitely be hitting you up on that. But let, but as we close out on this, I just wanted to talk about um, your dad, obviously what he means for the sports community in Quincy, and also your relationship uh, with FAMU's head coach Willie Simmons. Can you talk about that? Yeah, man. So my daddy, man, they call him Hollywood in Quincy, like Hollywood. They call him a cool dude. My daddy's been intricate in the neighborhood for a long time. Like I said, my daddy, like we had this long blue church fan that he used to go to go pick up all like he bought it specifically for picking up the, the kids that didn't have transportation to like practices and stuff so we going to sawdust which is like maybe 15 miles this way and then coming back to grab like we picking like we like a bus you know what i'm saying and you know i don't build like different bonds with these kids too and i'm younger than them so i'm building bonds with them they know me as coach larry's son coach hollywood's son so growing up i always had those guys to take care of me as i was growing up so my dad, like everybody knows, like, you know, he, you know, coaching, like that's his thing. Like he loves kids. Like we almost like adopted like almost a hundred kids. Like my best friend actually stayed, my best friend and my god brother actually stayed with us for like three, four years in my house. Like we didn't have a big house, but brought him in, they stayed with us. Like kids that used to coach, all they wanted to do is come to our house on the weekends, coach Larry, coach Hollywood. He gonna, you know, gonna go hunt, eat some squirrels, eat some fish, you know what I'm saying? Chill out with Philip and play the game. So I was known as the we had a little out, uh, we had like a little outdoor shed where I set up the game and we just out there playing Mortal Kombat 2 and all this other stuff. Like, you know, my house was known as the fun house because my daddy was super cool. All the kids want to come over there, right? So with that, my daddy and coach a whole bunch of people, Dexter Jackson, you know what I'm saying, Super Bowl MVP for the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? Him coming down, you know, in the escalator, you know, as he won the Super Bowl, like, you know, drove it down to the house, like, hey, some car and all this other stuff. So he still talked to him a lot. You know what I'm saying? Just my daddy just coaching different people. You know what I'm saying? And also, like, the relationship that I have with Willie Simmons, uh, like I said, he was the first person that played sports that I knew that was smart. That was black. Let me put that out there. But And he also played quarterback. Right, because quarterbacks are always known as smart guys too. But you know, when they refer to like our black athletes that are quarterbacks today, they don't talk about that. They talk about athleticism of that quarterback. Like Lamar Jackson, they never said like, "Oh, he graduated in two years and he has a 3.8 GPA." And all. they never talk about his intelligence. But Ray Ray, and we call him Ray Ray from where I'm from. So he's from Charlotte. He's literally from around the road from where I'm from. So a Ray, I never forget it. When the auditorium, he comes back. And this was because Ray Ray was a big time recruit. He ended up going to Clemson as a uh, quarterback, right? And he graduated from high school early too. And he did dual enrollment. So he was getting like, he got two years ahead of the game before he even stepped foot on campus. So he comes back to talk to us, right? And I, you know, I don't know nothing about football scholarships and all that other stuff. I just know that the man's smart. He comes, he tells us that, oh, yeah, you know, football scholarship to Clemson, you know, and at the time, Clemson went, you know, Clemson went Clemson where they are today, but it's a big school. I mean, he's playing quarterback. He's from Quincy. 
he had a 3.8 GPA or something like that. I was like, oh, he's smart. And he played sports. And he was cool. Like, everybody knew Ray Ray. Like, everybody, like, he, like, had to be the coolest thing. Well, I almost said N-word. He had to be the coolest guy, like, at his time, like, at school. Like, you know what I'm saying? Good-looking guy. Oh, like, I bet you got all the girls. And he's smart. <laughs> and he had me. Man, he balling. Like, I need to be like him. Like, that's the first black guy that plays sports that I knew that, like, that's the mold. That's the mold that I'm looking for. That's that's the mold for all of our athletes. Because we all got it. You just got to apply the more, you got to apply more time to it, like you do to the sport. So having him and he and seeing him do what he did, and like, that's, that's, that's my mentor. That's my guy. And, you know, graduating, I think he still has the record for graduating from Clemson, I think. I think he graduated like almost a year and a half, two years or something like that. So he graduated super fast. So he got in there, he was out of there. And now <laughs> he's going with FAMU, like he came back. Because he was at Prairie View for a minute. And then he ended up coming to FAM. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, the mentor is back. And, you know, he bring his friend with him, Alex Jackson, that signed with Georgia when they, you know, they played football together. He played with the University of Georgia as an offensive tackle. So, you know, they come to FAMU together. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to turn this thing into a family. And we bring it back home. And I'm like, you know, I'm a Cookman guy, but, you know, fam, you, I mean, that's my mentor. I Like, I told him straight up when I go out there and, you know, talk to his wife and talk to him at practices, I'm like, hey, man, you know, I hope y'all win all y'all games. You get the class. I don't care what you do. You know, you got to lose the game. <laughs> you know, whatever you want to do, but you get that first class, you got to lose. So just having him there, like what he's doing in the community now, especially at the time with what Dion is doing, you know, now he's in the SWAC with Dion. You know, they lost a tough first game, and after that, it just went on a tear. Like, families just went crazy. And I'm, I went, like, four of their games or whatever and watching them play. I'm like, you know, I know the players and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, man, he's doing a good job. Third year, and he's, like, getting better and better and better. Like, he could have had two MEAC championships, but, you know, he couldn't beat the Wildcats, you know. <laughs> but, you know but, yeah, what he's doing, like, is amazing. And I don't, I don't want to see him being there as long as people think he may be there. Because you know he's a coach at heart. He also he admit that he struggled with what to do after football, right? When he was in college, when he got his degree, he, you know he talked about that on one of his one of the podcasts that he was on. That he struggled with after football, like he didn't know what he wanted to do. He didn't know if he wanted to coach. He just became the, became an educator, and then he got the opportunity to become a coach. And that's when he's like, "That's what I need to do." And that's what he's doing. He's doing a hell of a job now. So shout out to Ray Ray. Shout out to my daddy. No. no doubt. I've been watching them closely and they've been having a lot of success, man. And I'm I'm rooting for them, man. They're gonna have definitely a few guys get drafted, get an NFL opportunity, man. So yeah. they're doing a heck of a job. Uh but listen, man, Philip, we appreciate you for being on, man, sharing all your insight. Oh, man, appreciate you. Uh, it's, it's been amazing. I think this is really gonna be valuable for those that is, that are younger and can really start to think uh about opportunities like this. And that's the goal for us, man. Dre, you got anything for him? Man, it's just a, a blessing to talk to you, bro. Cause um, I'm kind of going going through that right now. Like, what 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 I'm doing as a football? I retired now, so I'm like, what 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 what's next for me? Like, I never I never had it. Like, you know, when I was a kid, like I I want to go in the NFL. Like, if I want to do make the NFL, make the NFL. But I never thought about what what what's after the NFL. Like, I never really thought about what, what what's next. So now going through that right now, I'm trying to figure out what, what's next for me. Like, that's what I'm going through now. But but, but talking to you really really helped me like kind of figure out what what's next for me now. I want to thank thank you for being on the show, bro. I really appreciate you, bro. Oh, no problem, man. That's what it's all about, man. Like, like I always tell people, like, in order for you to do anything 
in life. You know, I tell the kids like you gotta understand. You need to learn yourself first. Yeah. Like, don't make. Don't let something define you. The sport yeah. doesn't define you. Exactly. Your limits don't define you. Your spirit defines you. Yeah. I guess it's just tools to get to a means to an end. So, you know. Yeah, I appreciate you, bro. Yeah. Thank, you, thank you, definitely. Thank you, bro. For real. No problem, boss. Absolutely. So again, man, appreciate it, my brother. We well, wish you appreciate nothing but the best, and we know that you know you're gonna continue to do those great things, man. So much love. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of What's the Hype podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and comment. Follow us on all platforms at What's the Hype podcast. Grinding all my life, all my life. Grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.